ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. On my episode today, I'm welcoming a client and a friend and a multi-talented entrepreneur, David Monteith. Hi, David. Hello, Dennis. And welcome. Thank you. David is um, is one of those people that I love. He's got more than one passion and, and uh, works on his business uh, of 30 years, really, being in the finance industry. He is a mortgage broker, but he also has another business that I find quite fascinating and can probably use some advice on, and that is outsourcing. He's partners in a business called called Great Work Online with his uh, fiance, Pam, and uh, I've had a chance to talk to Pam for a few minutes, by the way, David, and look forward to talking to her again. And he uh, juggles both of these things and has a motto that says, helping you make smart mortgage and business decisions. So let's start there, David. How can you do that? How do you help someone make, um, which, which way it go, whichever way it goes, how do you help them? It's really about informing people and letting them, or giving them the tools they need in order to make smart decisions. It's, uh, we'll use the mortgages just as an example, because sure. um, so many people understand that it's very topical in the media these days. And a lot of people go into a mortgage without putting really any thought into it at all, other than, you know, I, I've got this much of a down payment, what can I afford? Uh, so there, a lot of people are, are trying to stretch their affordability as much as possible, which doesn't always make sense, not always the smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. And everybody is so fixated on price, on interest rate. And interest rate's very important, no question about it, but there's so many other factors to a mortgage that make up the total package. So I, give as much advice and information as I can to my clients, people that I work with so that they can make the smartest decision for them because what, what's best for you isn't best for me, isn't best for the next person. Sure. And that actually makes me think of what I'm all about, which is relationships. And I, I know that when someone's wanting or looking for a mortgage, they're going to look online at different things. But ultimately, um, we're still probably, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I think we're still in your industry edu- educating the buyer as to the value of using a mortgage broker versus going to your bank. Okay. Yes. So um, in, in still doing that, we have to um, gain the, the prospect's trust big time before they come and use us. So, absolutely, yeah, so I think that building relationships, of course, I think it's the most important thing. And before I come back to that, I want to just mention how we met, okay? Because I think this is a really good example of how fast that can happen. So um, 
David, you, you reached out to me to connect on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is, I'm a trainer on, on how to use LinkedIn. And you did a, a you did the right thing. You reached out, made a, a, a personalized note to connect with me. And I wasn't sure that we had met before. I didn't remember that we had met before. And, it, and so in my acceptance and thank you message to you, I said, I'm not sure if we've met before, you know, asked you a couple of questions, wanted to start a conversation because I liked what I saw and I thought, hmm, you know, uh, I work with mortgage brokers and you were a mortgage broker. And so I asked you a couple of questions and said, I like to make the conversation real. Would you be open to a conversation? And you were quick to that. And you said, yes, absolutely. And we had met before. We had, I was speaking yeah. about LinkedIn, I think, at, at a networking event and uh, had been asked to speak at it. And you were there. It was a few years ago. Um, it was a strange thing, strange kind of place. And I didn't stick around too long, I don't think, after. But anyway, you knew that we had met before. So right away, there was a connection already from your perspective. So we got on the phone, and we never got off. Like, we talked <laughs> for a long time, and, and right away started to connect in so many different ways, and both seemed to get excited about possibilities, right? Yeah. So, so that was exciting. So Take that now to what you do on a day-to-day -day basis and how you can use LinkedIn in the same way with prospects. Um, what would you say, I, I might be putting you on the spot here, but what would you say are a couple of things that work for you when you want to um, make your prospect feel comfortable about wanting to work with you or thinking about working with you and how do you build that trust quickly? It's uh, a lot of my business, like 90 some percent of my business is comes from referrals, either from existing clients, people that I've helped in the past or through referral sources or centers of influence around me. Um, accountants, real estate agents, obviously realtors are a big part of most mortgage right. brokers referral networks, uh, but accountants, financial planners, things like that. So anytime I get have a first conversation with, with a new prospective client, we already have some connection typically. Mm -hmm. um, okay. either, you know, we're friends with the same people or we know the same professionals. So I get a lot of what I classify as a warm referral. It's not a, you know, Hey, here's some stranger I found on Google, call him to help you with your mortgage. It's, I want to introduce you to David who did my mortgage or David who works with a number of my clients or you know, yeah. So I've, I've already got a, a big step up. And the first thing I try and do in those conversations is just solidify the relationship that we both have with this same person in common, uh, just so that they remember how we ended up working together. And I put everybody that I meet into my CRM, um, whether you're in sales, in business, especially if you're self-employed, have a system for keeping track of people that you meet. Um, you know, you and I met two, two and a half years ago at some random networking yeah. event, and yet, when I started seeking out somebody to help me with my LinkedIn and actually searching on LinkedIn for that, you popped up. I recognized the photo. I checked my CRM and saw where we had met. So it's, Oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the piece I didn't know. So that's, yeah, that's, that's a really, that's a really good advice and that people, and I do that too. Um, where, I use a couple of different, I don't have a CRM because I write, I tried, is that your phone? Yeah, we'll stop in a second. <laughs> okay. That's okay. Um, I, 
I don't use a CRM. I've tried, I've tried, but I just can't seem to, I don't know. Anyway, that's and another. Just a, you know, you could argue that LinkedIn is a CRM. Because well, in a way it used people to be. People that you've met are there, so you can always go in and. Yeah. and, and it it actually used there. to have a relationship tab and I'm hoping they're bringing it back. There is some talk of it because you could then in fact use it as a uh, CRM. Yeah. But I, I use my, um, um, address book my imac that works that totally yeah. and works. i make yeah. notes in it and i use my calendar big time so yeah. one of the things that i always teach people is never leave a meeting without booking another meeting <laughs> and always follow up right so put that follow-up in your calendar so it's always you know you're always moving it moving things forward so um so that's great information. I know that, um, oh, so I was going to say from the referral business, and that's so powerful. That's the best kind of business to get is referral business. Absolutely. How do you nurture those people in your uh, CRM that are past clients? How do you stay top of mind with them? Because this is really important. And this is, again, what I teach is the importance of the follow-up. In fact, I did a post this morning about follow-up and um, being top of mind with those people. Follow-up is something, it's a work in progress for me. Mm -hmm. It's, um, but I know that that, that how powerful it is. I'm learning how powerful my database is. And there's a quote, somebody famous said, I don't remember who it was, but your net worth your network is your net worth. And I yeah. completely believe that it's, yeah. I have enough people in my CRM that I could, I should be able to build a sustainable business and go on for years and years and years without ever meeting a new person. Yeah, I could, I could completely isolate myself from ever meeting anybody new and still keep a full load of work going just from my network and follow up. I'm learning more and more and you've helped me a whole lot with this. Uh, all I have been doing for the last five years as a mortgage broker is sending out a monthly newsletter mm -hmm. and that goes out to, I, it goes out to several hundred people, mm -hmm. uh, my past clients, past referral partners, um, people that I would like eventually to become a referral partner. I want to stay top of mind with them as well. And I'm now learning to do more instantaneous types of follow-ups, which, which is a big key that you have trained me in. Yeah, is, so that monthly newsletter that you send out, just out of curiosity, do you see do you know how many people open it? Do you see that open rate? I I have it, it varies a little bit from month to month, but now that I've been doing it for, for several years, uh, I'm in and around about a thirty percent open rate on a month to month basis. Which is pretty standard. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's um it's interesting to to track it though. It's I'll have people that don't open my newsletter for six months. And then we'll open it and I'll get a phone call from them or, I know. Facebook or something. So it's, I've, I've learned not to, I've had other people say, you know, you need to pare down your, your newsletter list. If people aren't opening it, cut them off. But I'm totally opposed to that. Uh, mm -hmm. It cost me nothing to send it to 100 or 1000 people. It cost me the right. same. Yeah. And I do get calls from people that haven't opened it in six months or more and they'll open one and that will be the trigger for them to communicate. Yeah. Because it's all about timing, right? It is. Yeah. So I just did a, um, you know, that I'm also a proponent of sending cards. Yes. And, um, and I, uh, I know that my audience can't see this, but I just sent out a card to several, so to many people in my, um, 
send out cards uh, database. Right. And it has, for those who can't see it, the card has like a little uh, little leaguer sliding into one of the bases. Mm -hmm. and, first. <laughs> and inside it says, just wanted to touch base with you. And, um, and I wrote a message just connecting with people saying that it, this is, I love this time of year as it starts to warm up here in Vancouver. This is um, still springtime, almost summer. It's a great time to connect and say, I'm thinking about you. Hope all is well, and I'd love to hear from you if you have time to catch up. I appreciate you. And I sent this out to a lot of people. I didn't ask for any business. I didn't ask for a referral. My branding is on the back of the card. I have had more calls from people just to say hi based on me sending that call. And that's where the conversation then can start again. Absolutely. And I really believe in that touching base piece because it stirs the pot. It's a, and by the way, 100% of these get opened because it is a card in an envelope. I've had somebody email me and say, hey, I've um, just changed companies and I need to do my branding differently to help me with my cards. And so things like that are starting to happen from it. So I like to think and I teach people to send those on a you know, quarterly basis to their, you know, their referral um, uh, base or their current customers or the last cust you know the people you just dealt with a year ago because it stirs up the pot and it's really important to um, be top of mind yes. so top I of mind is key especially in a in a type of transaction that doesn't happen all the time well, exactly real estate agents people don't buy and sell their houses every three months or every no, year but let me tell you that, that brings up a story, which I don't know if I've shared with you before, but a, real, um, a friend of mine um, sold three houses in 15 years, and he used a different realtor every single time. Why? Because nobody stayed in touch. Yep. Not one. Yep. So, it, my mom has lived in her house for 18 years, 19, 18 years. And multiple times a year, she still gets a piece in the mail from the realtor that sold her this house 18 years ago. So is it a piece that's, that's heartwarming and that talks, speaks to her or is it an advertising piece? It's a, it's a newsletter. It's a, a paper printed newsletter, okay. uh, which I've never done. I've always just done electronic yeah. newsletters. Uh, and it's, it's a generic piece. And, but I think at Christmas she gets a, like a Christmas card that's a little more personalized. You know, it has a you know a signature in it and, and you know a few words. But 18 years. Yeah, and, that's, you know, that's exactly. That's I know a lot of realtors, but I know that when my mom decides to sell this house and buy something different, I already know the realtor that's going to get the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it makes a huge difference. To uh, it's my favorite quote from Maya Angelou. And I've said it before on my podcast and I'll say it again. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but they will never forget how you make them feel. Absolutely. Right. So it's really important. Okay. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. All right. So you have another business that you are um, involved with called again, great work online. And this is uh, something that a lot of entrepreneurs probably need. And a lot of small business owners, solopreneurs, it's outsourcing. You're an outsourcing strategist and, you, and your company helps people with the things they hate to do, right? That's yes. it. Okay. So 
you um, said to me in uh, something you sent me, whether you're an entrepreneur looking to grow your business or a corporate employee preparing to make the transition to self-employment, you believe that number one, it'll never be the right time. And number two, you'll never be ready. And that's so true. It's so true. And there's another one, by the way, I would add to that. Um, I don't have time to do whatever it is that you want them to do. Even then, you know, because you want them to outsource it, they don't even have time to get organized, which is, of course, is that they want, they haven't made the time. So your advice is believe in yourself and move forward boldly. What three things would you say are the most common things that people can outsource and feel comfortable about? Uh, sort of generically across a lot of different business things. Uh, number one is social media. Mm. We all, you know, whether we do social media for personal stuff, you know, Facebook or Instagram, um, or whether we're doing it to support our business or to grow our following in our business, a consistent social media presence and message is so vital. It's, it's very, very inexpensive way to, to keep your face out there. Um, so, for almost every client that we bring into Great Work Online, we, we do different projects with all kinds of different companies, but one that's almost universal, probably 90 some percent of our clients, we do their social media management for them. So when you do that, are you, uh, you're doing uh, scheduled posts for them? Yes, yeah, we do, um, you know, we work, we have a whole team and that's one of the big things that separates us from a lot of other outsourcing opportunities or outsourcing um, companies is that we have an entire team that works with you as a client. So uh, uh, we have a project, we all have a project manager that will work with you directly one-on-one. So you'll have one point of contact. And from that, the project manager can coordinate all the different moving pieces that you have. And we do similar services to what most other online outsourcing companies do. We do graphic design, web design, web development, um, you know, the social media management, we do email and database management. We do, you know, email sequencing, email marketing, um, all that. We're now just starting actually to do podcasting is, mm-hmm. is our newest, newest service that we're offering. And people just think, Oh, I'm going to do a podcast. I need somebody to do my podcast. You actually need like five different people. I know. I hard way too. It's, uh, you know, we're doing this, we're, we're doing it as video. So we got to strip out the audio from this. You have to do any editing um, or things that happen, um, adding your intro and adding your outro. So you need a voice person, somebody to do your intro and your outro. Yes. You need somebody to do that editing part to cut out bits that you don't want or to cut yes. out you know, those awkward first couple of seconds and last mm-hmm. seconds of, of every recording. Uh, you need a graphic artist to do your cover art. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you need somebody who actually knows how to market podcasts and how to set it up, how to get it. Um, submitted to all the different podcasting platforms and how to market it through those and make sure you, you get through all the proper hoops. Right. That, that uh, you know, if you have one naughty word in there, you'll get banned from some of these. Yes, platforms. I know. I know. And uh, you know, if, you know, one, one little bad word can actually get you banned if you don't tell them that there's a bad word in That's it. Right. And so you need somebody to walk you through that minefield as well. Yes. So it, it takes a whole team of individuals in order to produce a podcast. Uh, to produce a good quality Instagram or Facebook post or LinkedIn post. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go back to that for a second. So, mm-hmm. 
when you talk about social media and, and outsourcing that, I'm going to put, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here because I feel as though, and I feel very strongly about it. I think it's important that you have a visibility that you build your credibility on whichever platform or platforms that your target audience is um, uh, frequenting and, and that you want to be seen on. However, I think the most important piece is engagement. Yes. And I question whether someone else can do that engagement for you. It's, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. It, uh, a successful social media campaign requires a lot of input from the person. Mm-hmm. So for you as example, it, it wouldn't be just, you, know, you wouldn't hire any company and say, hey, I want you to do all my social media and just but a lot of people we'll do. talk next year. A lot of people uh, do. Yeah, no, it, it's, we have extensive meetings and input in the very beginning. What, what sort of look and feel do you want? We get their color palette from their, if they have a graphic designer, if they have a website, things like that, we get their color palette, their design scheme, and we work around that so that the posts, you want your post to have a consistent look. You don't want to have one post with a white background and purple lettering and the next one with a blue background and green lettering. Well, certainly more importantly on Instagram than anywhere else, I think. Yes, but, yeah, so right. being so visual. Yes. Um, so you want to have a consistent look and feel across everything. So whether that's you know having your logo in the bottom right or the top left of every post, you want to have that consistency. But you as the business owner, as the entrepreneur, need to have some of your personal style and your personal touch to it. If you're a very casual jeans and t-shirt kind of person, yes, you don't want to have your Instagram post having you all dressed up, you know, a jacket, a tie, a dress, uh, mm-hmm. you know, however that's going to be. Mm-hmm. If, if you're blue jeans and, and tennis shoes, then make your persona blue jeans and tennis shoes. Uh, and a lot of people struggle with that. They're like, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a business professional. I have a professional business, so I need to wear a suit and tie and everything. And then you meet them at an event and they're not in a suit and a tie. So there's that incongruity. Uh, but yeah. what having a good team behind you, we can help with finding good content for you, whether you're wanting to repost other media articles, whether you're wanting to promote blog posts that you're doing or having, having a, a writer do for you, mm-hmm. um, promoting events and things like that. So there's, there's a lot of input. You can't just hire a company to do it because they don't know who you are and they don't know right. the message that you're so, trying to portray. So, so one of your, um, your, strengths then in that company is to make sure that you have uh, interaction with the person that you're and that Absolutely. you understand their business. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's really important. And, and I think that's, that's um, very, very helpful for, for clients. So I like to ask my, my guests what they think of when I say the word curiosity, because that's my favorite <laughs> word. Um, I, I love the whole concept of curiosity. It's anybody who's in sales has heard the acronym ABC yes. and everybody assumes it's always be closing. Yes. And I use ABC, but mine is different. And mine is actually always be curious. Lovely. Because it's people in, in day-to-day interactions, unless it's with your very close tribe, your, your family, your best friends, your close business associates, people rarely speak their full truth. And it's not that people lie. It's not that we try to mislead on purpose. But we're, we're, even though our whole worlds are out there on social media, we're actually very, very close personal people. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, in, in previous careers that I've had where I've, I've been in management and in, in mentoring and supporting staff, uh, my big thing is when somebody tells you something and it doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. don't just accept it. You know, we accept people for face value, but if something doesn't make sense, question it. Be, but don't, don't question it in an accusatory thing. You know, well, why did you do that? Right. Be curious. Explain to me why, you know, if one of our clients wants to have, you know, they're, they're a financial planner, but they want to have kittens or puppies in all of their advertising. I wouldn't say, that's a really stupid idea. Why would you do that? It would be, tell me more about this whole puppy thing or, you know, be sure. curious and, and drawing out the natural story of what happens rather than being in, you know, interrogating them or being. Uh, so that's, uh, that makes me think of, yes, one of the things I love to do and, and use that curiosity factor when I'm doing LinkedIn training with people is some people can go away and based on a, a format, they can go and write uh, the section in the profile that talks about them. It used to be called your summary. It's recently changed to the about section. And some people don't want to go away and do it by themselves. They want to do it with me, which is a lot of fun for me because I draw out who they are and a little bit of their personality can come into play in that section. So it's not, you know, cutesy and, and, and uh, casual like Facebook but it has a personal flavor to it that I think makes a difference. And, and so that's how I use my curiosity a lot. And I think it's fun to, to be able to do that. And yeah. And, and it, I don't know, do you think curiosity uh, is innate or can be learned? It absolutely can be learned. It's uh, you know, I think humans are inherently curious, but in, in the age of, of social media and oversharing, we, we tend to be a little more judgmental and cold about things. And, you know, yesterday there was something I came across on my Facebook feed and it was a video of, I don't even remember what it was now, some event that was going on. And it was a kind of a third party videotaping something. And all of the comments were just scathing about what was going on. Like, this is a travesty. This is horrible. This is, you know, and my first reaction in watching this video is I was curious as to why this person was doing what they were doing, why they were saying what they were saying. Mm-hmm. I didn't condemn them or judge them based on this video because I have no context. Right. It, you know, the video started recording kind of halfway through an interaction and everybody's all riled up by what they think they're seeing. Yes. And I'm reading through the comments and I'm like, not one person says, Hey, what was really going on here? What, what led to this part of the video that we saw? And you know, I, I remember a saying I used to say a lot was believe nothing of what you see and only half of what you, no, believe nothing of what you hear and only half of what you, what see. you see. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think today that can really uh, come into play. Oh, absolutely. And you mentioned, you know, with, with doing the LinkedIn thing, you and I have just gone through this very recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was kind of that hybrid. You and I worked together for some time building an outline of, of my LinkedIn summary, my about me. And then I wanted to take it away and I, I wanted to do my own feel to it. Exactly. Uh, and then we came back and I brought you some drafts and we kind of went back and forth and I'm really happy with, with the end product we have right now. That's great. And of course the grammar Nazi came out in, in part of it. But. That's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. No, and I think it looks great. And I invite people to, to find you on LinkedIn and see, you know, what a great job you've done. It's almost there now. It's almost finished, right? 98%. Yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. Speaking of that, do you think, 
because so much of your business comes from referrals in the mortgage side of things, um, could you see still, I, I see using LinkedIn to um, build relationships with new uh, referral partners, for example, Absolutely. realtors, but also uh, start to spread the word more about the outsourcing business and uh, connecting with people, building relationships, starting to build relationships yeah. online. Yes. Well, that was what really draw, uh, drove me to seek out and ultimately connect with you again is my LinkedIn profile. All of my, my persona had always been about my mortgage brokering business. Mm -hmm. And now I was involved in this new business and I wanted to be able to let people know about my involvement in that because it's something I believe in so strongly. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. not, we're not just selling, you know, the next best widget. We're offering a valuable service to small business owners and outsourcing isn't the right solution for every business right and, and we're not the right sort of right solution for everybody who does need to outsource but i wanted to get the word out again to people that i already know to you know my friends know because we talk about it mm -hmm. but i wanted the, the hundreds of people that i've connected with over the years on linkedin to know about this new service and it's not about you know hey i'm in outsourcing now we need to talk because you need my help it's letting people know what I'm doing and people that I've connected with over the years, they're curious about what I'm doing. They're reading my newsletter. They're coming to my events. They're, they're staying in touch with me on social media. And I wanted them to be able to know that there's this new, new thing that I really strongly believe in. Mm -hmm. And people that know me know that I'm not out there trying to sell the next best widget. Yeah. Again, it's about, the relationships that you already have, 100%. nurturing them, teaching them about your new thing, for example. And speaking of teaching, though, you like to teach, right? I do. Yeah. So what's your favorite thing to teach? Um, I love just the whole idea of educating people on things that, that there isn't a lot of good education out there. Um, you know, I'll, I'll jump on my soapbox really, really quickly. The fact that our kids are graduating from high school and don't know how to open a bank account or write a resume still today or apply for a credit card or apply for a mortgage. They don't know any of these things. Mm -hmm. uh, and why are we not teaching this to our youth? And I'm, I'm I've got a, a big idea in the back of my head somewhere around that. I'm not sure where that'll go, but I'm working now with adults, um, people that are, are buying their first piece of real estate or their second or their third and helping to educate them because you know, I had a background in finance. I started my career right out of high school in retail banking. Mm -hmm. And when I got my first mortgage, when I bought my first house, I went with the mortgage person that the realtor at the sales center suggested that I work with. Mm -hmm. I didn't interview them. I didn't find out who they were or whether they were any good. And I made my decision on where to go with my mortgage, what lender to do my mortgage with based solely on that person. Um, well, yeah, and I, I remember when we, well, when I got my first mortgage, it, it, there was never, there weren't mortgage brokers mm -hmm. anyway, so you had to trust the bank. You did, yeah. And then, by the way, or otherwise, it was that was what we did. Yeah, but then also, by the way, because the bank's the big bully, I think in some ways, they don't stay connected with you about anything. Unless you've missed a mortgage payment. Yes, then they're very right? connected. With they're, you. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's a totally different world now, too. And, and it's important to trust the people that you do business with. It is, yeah. 
Um, I, I do most of my educating around finance things, um, okay. mortgages and credit and, and things like that. But more and more now I'm starting to educate people on the benefits of outsourcing. And again, not as a pitch, you know, Hey, I do outsourcing, hire me. It's, no, no, have you considered or have you, are you aware of, and here's different things to look out for. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, Pam, my partner, we're very like-minded in this. It's, you know, we produce blog posts on a very regular basis and it's all about various aspects of outsourcing. Right. Yes. Outsourcing okay. isn't the right thing for everybody. Um, control freaks. Well, it's especially good for control freaks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And that's the dilemma, right? With entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs tend to, and solopreneurs tend to be, they don't want to give away, uh, you know, their, their power, the control. So you have mm -hmm. to make them feel that they're not. Right. We suffer from superhero syndrome is what I call yeah, it. Superhero okay. syndrome. I'm like, the only one who can do this. I am yes. Superman. I am Batman. I am Wonder Woman. Yes. I'm the only one that can save New York City. Yes. Uh, and that's how we feel as small business owners and entrepreneurs. We're the only one who knows how to write an email to a client to follow up from a generic question. We're the only one that can do that. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous and I suffer from it every day. Um, I've been involved with, with Great Work Online now for going on three years. And I have just in the last couple of months actually given up a whole bunch of things to an outsourced wow. Interesting. Um, I have a project manager and I have a virtual assistant and I have a graphic artist that are part of my team. Oh, okay. And it took me two and a half years to give up Control. doing all of this stuff. It's so and I, yeah. yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm involved in the company that took me that long to give yes. up. No, that's interesting. I felt I knew better than anybody else. Yes. Okay, that's really good. That's really good. Um, okay, so I'm going to ask you one last question. But before I do, um, can you tell the uh, listeners, the viewers, the listeners, uh, how they can find you? And I will put it in the show notes. Um, the simplest way to find me is uh, my website. It's uh, davidmonteith.ca. Uh, a lot of people spell that wrong, so I'll spell it out. It's sure. uh, D-A-V-I-D. And my last name, M-O-N-T-E-I-T-H dot C-A. Perfect. And that also is a work in progress, but there's links on there for my email, my LinkedIn, and my Facebook professional page. And uh, the other company, or the, the uh, Great Work Online company, does, is, that, is there a link to that? There from isn't, but there will be by the time this goes live. All right, perfect. Um, and it's Great Work Online, just, it's, just as it sounds, greatworkonline.com. Right, perfect. Thank you. So I will put those in the show notes for anyone who wants to explore uh, working with David and working with you and, uh, and outsourcing to, and exploring the possibilities. Awesome. So I normally like to ask people what book they're reading, but I'm going to ask you, because you're getting into podcasting, are there any, what podcasts are you listening to? I actually don't listen to nearly as many as I should be. Well, there's no shoes. There's only so much time, right? There is. And I, I don't spend a huge amount of time in my car, which is typically where I consume podcasts. Uh, the one that I listen to without fail is uh, a guy, he's a branding expert out of, uh, he lives in New Jersey. Um, his name is Henry Kaminsky. Okay. And uh, if you search for Henry Kaminsky or he goes by um, the brand doctor. Okay. And if you Google search or, or search, you'll find him. And I consume his, uh, his podcast. He puts, I think he's doing two episodes a week. Wow. Um, as well as he's every day on Instagram. He's doing short videos on Instagram and a lot of IGTV stuff. 
And if you are an entrepreneur, a small business person, just wanting to solidify your brand, uh, you need to listen to him. He has guests on his podcast almost every episode in different aspects of, of business, um, some which is going to be relevant to you, some of which isn't, but uh, it's a really great resource. How and long are his podcasts? They're typically 20 to 30 minutes. Okay. Um, I can usually get through a whole episode between my home and where it is I end up going all the time. Yeah, I tend to listen to them when I'm on my walk, and so it's it, it, my I don't go as often as I should either, but uh, it's good if I can, I don't even know I'm walking, I'm so involved in, in the Podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. It's, um, you know, I try and consume a little bit of Gary V um, yeah. just because I really like his rawness and his openness. He doesn't, uh, doesn't pull any punches. No, doesn't mince words. No. And the rest of what I listen to is usually very specific to things like a lot of mortgage industry stuff, which 99.9% .9 of your listeners aren't going to really care about. Right. Um, and recently I've been listening to a lot of stuff about podcasting. Sure. Listening to podcasters talking about podcasting. I haven't done that yet, but I just listened. I I listen to you know how they structure their podcast when I'm listening to something that I want to be that I'm interested in right. learning about as well. So, yeah, and and uh, through one of the companies I'm involved with, Send Out Cards, our CEO or CVO now, Chief Visionary Officer Cody Bateman does a podcast every week, and he's been lately working or interviewing a lot of sales profession sales trainers. And I've learned some really good stuff just listening to these people. And they, um, they're all different, even though, you know, it's all the same kind of thing. They're all different, but they each have something different. And I listened to one the other day uh, uh, with this sales trainer who talks about sales differentiation, which is a word that's hard to say as well. Um, but it was really good. And he had lots of stories. And, and I, that's what I would like to be able to do is be more of a storyteller because that's where the power is, right? It is. Story, we love stories. Stories tell. What did they say? Um, stories sell. No. Something tells and stories sell. And I can't remember. Yeah, yeah I, I know the one you're talking about, but yeah. I can't. <laughs> facts, facts tell, stories sell. Right. Yeah. yeah agreed. Anyway, let's leave this um, podcast with, again, your phrase of uh, what you do, and that is that you help make smart mortgage and business decisions for people because you're a mortgage broker who's been in the business for a long time, and you're an outsourcing specialist with the opportunity to help a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners uh, offset some of the things that they have that they don't like doing that they want someone else to do so that they can get in a rhythm with the money generating activities, which we all need to do more of. Free them up to work on their business rather than being stuck working in their business. Exactly. Right. So David, this was a delight. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on my podcast and I wish you well with your podcast as well as uh, you move forward and start to launch uh, that and I will, again, have all of the information uh, in the show notes of how people can find you. And I will just leave you with one last phrase. Stay connected and be remembered. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, 
and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.